Well, hi, everybody. Yeah, good to see you. Great to see you. Well, <laughs> we've uh, launched the second site back at the end of March. And so we are now a church of two sites, not just the town center. And so we're in our fifth week. This is a fifth speaking engagement, fifth Sunday. And I just want to take the moment to thank you as a church for, I want to thank, thank you for stepping up on this one and, and going for this, being a multi-site church. You are a great encouragement, being part of such a big move. Uh, and I know it's been a stretch and a number of you has just said, volunteered and said, you know what, I'm going to get stuck in, I'm going to help. That's brilliant. Thank you ever so much. Uh, we just can't do it without that. And you have really gone for it. And, and furthermore, you're just a people of faith. So it's a real privilege to be in leadership here with the church. So, Proverbs. Let's go in there. You'll find in the middle of your Bibles, um, approximately Psalms, Proverbs. It's there. And um, I'm going to read the first seven verses and then I'm going to do 20 to 23. Um, and if you have a Bible, use it. Use your Bible. So if you've got one, turn, turn to it. I know it comes up on screen. Uh, I get lazy too. But if you've got a Bible, you know, do, it's worth using. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding words of insight, for acquiring a disciplined and prudent life, doing what is right and just and fair, for giving prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. Verse 20. Wisdom calls aloud in the street. She raises her voice in the public squares. At the head of the noisy street she cries out. In the gateways of the city she makes her speech. How long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery? And fools hate knowledge. If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. I was watching somebody being interviewed on TV the other day and uh, the interviewer asked, asked a question and the lady sort of hesitated. And uh, she said... Well, you know, it's complicated. And I thought, that's the catchphrase of our day. It's complicated. Life is like that. It's a fair summary of the complexities in which we face. Do you know, I do wonder, I do wonder this, that if... If the complexity of life has been actually helpful now to the spectacular success 
of that series of books which are titled dot, 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 for dummies. I don't know if you got one of those. You know, computers for dummies. I, you don't have to put your hand up. I do realize this. But iPad for dummies. Accounting for dummies. Knitting for dummies. Bartending for dummies. And let me tell you this, it's endless. The titles, videos, they're endless. One satisfied customer said this, I buy them because they take the intimidation out of the learning process. They make the complex understandable so that even an ordinary bloke like me can get it. I get that. I really get that. Which leads us to Proverbs. God's plans. God's plan for wise living. Now, let me just in parenthesis say this. The last thing I want to do is reduce Proverbs to some kind of manual. I don't want to do that. Because it isn't. But it, but it certainly does bring the ageless, priceless wisdom of God of God himself, and it makes it accessible and available to ordinary people like you and me, ordinary people. 31 chapters in Proverbs. If you're at a loose end, you can do one a day. Chapter a day, finished in a month, and you'll learn a lot. It's worth it. Some people often start January like that. Book of Proverbs, 31 days, Great start. But you can do it now. It's the most down-to-earth book in the Bible. It's the least religious book. Nothing in there in regards to priests and sacrifices and the temple. You know, the book is all about life. The whole spectrum of life. Monday right the way through to Sunday. It's the whole of life, all week. It covers it covers things like food and, and, and shelter, work and leisure. There's a proverb in terms of work and leisure. In a proverb that says, do not wear yourself out to get rich. Have the wisdom to show restraint. Bronnie Ware writes a book called The Five Regrets of the Dying. These are, and, and the common thread of the five regrets are relationship, Relationship, relationship. I worked too much and never made time for my family. Regret. I should have made more time for my friends. Regret. I should have said I love you. Lots more. Regret. Do not wear yourself out to get which and have the wisdom. Have the wisdom to show restraint. There are more important matters than money. Proverbs covers all of life. Sex, marriage, friends, neighbors. One proverb says this. Seldom set foot in your neighbor's house. Too much of you and he will hate you. In other words... There's only so many times you can go around, knock on the door and say, have you got a spare carton of milk? And I thought, I'll never get fed up with you. I thought, that's priceless, it's brilliant. It's the whole spectrum of life here in Proverbs. And it's crammed full of practical wisdom. And it's compiled by a man called Solomon. 
Not solely, but mostly by a man called Solomon. And Israel had many kings, starting off with King Saul, and then you had David, and then you had this man, Solomon. Oh my goodness, Solomon. In his lifetime, in his lifetime, Solomon had the most glorious reign of any king in his lifetime. And some of you, we say, well, surely that would be David. No, 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 actually, it was Solomon. He had the most wealth, the most honor, the most prestige than any other king. He became a king at a young age. He's probably under 20. And God comes to him. But first of all, he has come to God. So, my goodness me, how do I do this? And, and, and God has spoken to him. And he says, ask for whatever you want me to give you. Like that. Ask me for whatever you want me to give you. Young king. His dad's gone. Oh, his dad's the warrior. His dad's fought many battles. No longer there. Finished. Now it's Solomon. Young pup. All these nations around him. They're rubbing their hands. Thinking, ah, this is it. Got a complete amateur here. Now's the time. We can do the stuff. So you'd think someone like Solomon would go, God, give me power. God, give me power. Give me wealth. At least I can buy an army. Or other, give me wealth. But he doesn't. He says, essentially, he asks for wisdom. And God is so pleased with him, he throws riches and honor and all the rest of it in the, in the bag too. Solomon became known as the wisest man in all the earth. So we're going to cover a number of areas of life, which will include family and guidance, friendships, money, coping with anger, and other matters. And this morning we're looking at wisdom. What is it? I'm going to cover three things. What is it? Why so important? How can I get it? Those are three things. So what is it? Well, first of all, what it isn't. Proverbs is not a book of rules and regulations. Jewish people already had a book of the law. It's the first five books of the Bible. They, They had the law. They had the Ten Commandments. This is not, Proverbs is not a rule and regulation book. Wisdom is more than high moral values. Much of life's circumstances that you face every day are not covered by rules. Simple matters of life, quite easy for us to say, you know what, it's complicated. Quite complex. Do I say something to that person? Or not? Do I act? Do I hold back? It's not covered by rules and regulations. It doesn't do that. Knowing what to do at the right time can make or break a situation. Rules don't account for moments like this. You face them all the time. Many decisions, you know, they only require knowledge. Choose the right medicine. Choose the right car. Choose the right washing machine. But many decisions are not covered by rules and facts. Such as who will you marry? 
your career. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Should I move? Should I move? Should I confront that? Or should I hold back? Do I take a risk? Or do I play safe? The most helpful definition I have found of wisdom was in 1 Chronicles 12, 32. Found this a long time ago. So helpful. And um, it says the men of Issachar. And these men who surrounded David at David's difficult times, they came and surrounded David, and this is what they said of them. They understood the times and knew what Israel should do. Let me say that again. That, see, this is really helpful. They understood the times and knew what they should do. That's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Two weeks ago, when we had all the furor in regards to offshore tax havens, you know, and all that was going on. You remember all that? Just oh, I tell you, I was sweating. I was sweating. I thought, you know, they're gonna, I don't know how many accounts of mine in Panama are they going to find out. I am really worried. I just have to say I was joking, by the way, because I, I, I know somebody might have taken that seriously. But anyway, but David Cameron gets caught out. And uh, in, in all of this, he just gets caught in the headlights. And he says... After a little while, he says, I should have handled this better. And then he says, actually, I could have handled it better. I know there are lessons to learn, and I will learn them. I'm not asking you to vote for him, by the way. I'm just telling you what he said. And, And don't blame number 10 Downing Street or nameless advisors. Blame me. I will learn the lessons. I should have handled it better. It's one thing to know a situation... It's another thing to know how to handle it. It really is. You know, many of you today, you'll be facing just matters of complexity in your life. It's the way it is. Parts of life you have to juggle. Without wisdom, you're going to make a mess. You need wisdom. Solomon defines wisdom by, by what it gives you. So if you look at verse 1, I mean verse 2, it says, For attaining wisdom and discipline, look, for understanding words of insight. Verse 3, for acquiring (coughs) a disciplined and prudent life. I'm just, there's a lot in there, and I'm just going to pick up on two strands. One is insight, and the other one is prudence. And, you know, sometimes you need insight, Insight and prudence. Sometimes you look at a situation and you look at it and you think, you know, I've only got two choices. I can either do that, eh, or I can do choice B. What am I going to do? And then you have a friend come alongside you. And you know, someone like Richard would sit with me and I talk with Richard about it and then and then he would ask me some questions and then he would say well he says do you know what you've got about five choices you can make here you're not just stuck with one or two there are five routes you could go 
That's brilliant. Insight. See, we need insight. Wisdom brings insight. I don't know if you've seen Sherlock Holmes. Do you watch the Sherlock Holmes TV? Who does that? Who watches Sherlock Holmes on TV? It's all right. You can put your hand up. Nobody is going to judge you. All right? I don't. But nobody's going to judge you. And um, he walks into a murder scene. On the carpet lies this man. He's bleeding from his head. There's a poker beside it. And it's got blood all over it. And we pick up the obvious clues. He died. He got hit by the poker. I got hit on the head. Obvious clues. Sherlock Holmes comes in the room. And he sees a whole lot of different alternatives. He sees all these different clues. I personally, I find it irritating how many clues he finds. Sometimes I think he's going to tell me the toothpaste that the killer used. I mean, I just give us a break. But what I'm saying is he gets a big picture. He sees all the, all the alternatives. Insight does that. Wisdom gives you insight and prudence. Prudence is essentially good judgment. So insight not only diagnoses the problem and sees it clearly, prudence gives you practical and strategic steps in which to solve it. It knows how to make a goal a reality. It, not, it knows not only where to go, but how to get there. Let's take Joseph in the book of Genesis as a typical point. Joseph is, is, um, is it captive by the Egyptians. Pharaoh has this dream. Many of you know this, but there's some of you don't. Pharaoh has this dream. And in the dream, he sees seven cows. And these cows, they are big. I mean, they are big. And they, they are doing well, are these cows. And then he sees seven cows. They are not doing well. I mean, there's, a, I mean, there's like blight. I mean, they're almost like ghosts as they walk through. You can see all their, all their bones. And then he has, Pharaoh has another dream. And I haven't got time to go into all of it. But nobody, and he won't tell anybody the dream. And he wants to know the interpretation of it. And Joseph comes in. And he says, and God gives him insight. And Joseph says, you had a dream of seven cows and fat cows and seven thin cows. And then he says, the seven fat cows are, your, your land is going to have, it's going to overflow with plenty. I mean, it's going to be such a seven years. I mean, you are going to have abundance overflowing. You're not going to, I mean, but then you're going to have seven years and you will have a famine like you have never known before. I mean, it's going to blight every piece of ground. And then Joseph says, and this is what you should do. And he tells him all the steps, how to do it. That's diagnosing a problem and having the prudence, the wisdom to know what to do. Pharaoh's a smart man and realizes he has a wise man with him. And he says, Joseph, prime minister. I want to make you prime minister. Smart man. Smart man. It's, see, um, in, a, in a, just as important a way, 
we had a we had a vision of being a multi-site church. Well, you can want another site. You want two or three or four, whatever how many whatever multi-site is. You can want another site, but you know it takes it takes people in a room, wise people in a room that can help you get there. We had a team of key people, and not only did we have the vision for it, but they helped us get there. Just brilliant. All these people in the room, key people, how to get there. That's wisdom, you see. It's, uh, it's not known, only knowing the goal, but how to get there. Insight, prudence. Why? So that is wisdom. Well, why, why so important? Wisdom will set the course of your life. And it will say so much about you. So in verse 4, look at this line here. Giving prudence to the simple. The word simple is, is here is nothing to do with how we might term it in the West. It's nothing to do with IQ or your intellect. You know, there's lots of people with talent and intellect, charisma, gift, that on the wisdom front, let's face it, been an absolute disaster. Absolute disaster. Yesterday was the 25th anniversary of the speech. So if you weren't here at the first meeting, does anybody know the speech? Anybody know what the speech is? Well, the speech stars a certain notorious man called Gerald Ratner. That was the speech. Now, some of you will know this, and others of you won't. But Gerald Ratner had a multi-million pound uh, business in jewelry. I mean, this guy could sell jewelry. I mean, he, he was just brilliant. And um, he was at this prestigious dinner. And, and this is where he blows it. Somebody asks him at this dinner, they say to him, they ask him how he's able to sell his products for such a low price. To use Gerald Ratner's words, he said, because it's total crap. And then he says that his store's earrings were cheaper than an M&S sandwich and probably wouldn't last as long. Not clever. This is not bright. Overnight, shares in the company, shares in the company lost 500 million pounds. I mean, we can't even compute figures like that. This is 25 years ago. This is a lot of money. Overnight, overnight, the following year, hundreds of stores had to close And thousands of people lost their jobs. I don't think that's very good business. I think it's a highly poor, I mean, it's just terrible judgment. He's a clever man in business, and he blows it all because he's too clever. Prudence is good judgment, common sense. It's for everyone. Wise, foolish, simple, the lot. And there is a downward spiral. That Solomon uses, you'll follow, it has a downward spiral. So there's the simple. But then you go down 
You, you make a downward spiral to the fool. Now, the fool is different from the simple. Uh, but then from the fool, you get to the scoffer. We're going to do a, a week, one week, we're going to do one on the scoffer. Uh, it's a scoffer. That is not a good place to be. I'm going to tell you now. I'm going to give you a forewarning. That is not a good place to be, the scoffer. Hard place to get out of. It's, it's for everyone, this. Now, often Solomon highlights the simple. That, and in his terminology, that means the naive, the gullible. Actually, principally, he's, he's talking about the young. Because in verse 8, he's writing this. But listen, my son, to your father's instruction. So his son is Rehoboam. And, and this is princely for him. So he's writing to his young son. The simple are at risk. The simple are impressionable. The simple go with the peer pressure. They run with the crowd. It's such an important age, this age, young age. Now, you, some of you are going to tune out here because I'm not young anymore. Stay in. Stay in. The choices this generation faces are immense. They are immense. And far more than ever anything I had to face in my day. And nothing like Solomon's day. No, they, Solomon never faced anything like this. In Solomon's day, there wasn't such a thing as a career advisor. You know, at the age of 12 or 14 or whatever, you didn't find a career advisor. You know, I want to be a graphic designer. What's a graphic designer? Go and don't look after the sheep. You know, it just wasn't there in Solomon's day. A career. You didn't have a career. You just did your dad's business. That's what you did. Career? What are you talking about, Career? Father's business, father, son, son, father, grandfather, don't it? and it's probably farming, because that's what most of them did. Career? You must be joking. But the decisions that this generation faces are huge. Choices, subjects that they choose, decisions that they have to make, careers that they have to choose. And then there's the things you buy. And what you buy is not that simple because you want one with this or one with that and that and that and this and that and, and all the 19 alternatives. You, it's not a simple day today. And listen, the temptations are huge too. In my youth, you went looking for temptations. I'm sorry. You may think... I'm not going to go into details. All right, so I'm just telling you. In my day, you, went, you had some temptations you went looking for. This generation, temptations come looking for them. See, quick money. Quick money loans at extortionate interest rates. Amazing who can get these quick money loans. Absolutely amazing. I would never have got that in my day. They would have looked at me and go, hey, get out of here. You know, just... But today they come looking for you. Pornography comes looking for you. It wants to pop up on your computer or smartphone. It comes looking for you. Here's another one. And I've seen this trend going on. Really, this is not good. Gambling. 
where all the ads are hip and trendy, and they're having this trendy time together, gambling. Hey, just stop it. If, that, if you've got a little nerve for that, get out of it. Won't do you any good. Just suck you dry. Hip, a hip lifestyle, suck you dry, I tell you. Don't do it. Temptations are absolutely multiple. So verse 22, it goes, how long will you simple ones look, love your simple ways? Joe Vogo puts it this way. In other words, how long will you keep being simple? You know, how long are you going to carry on being kids? That's basically it. You can be 40 and still do this. That's why I said hang on in there. You can be 40 and still act like this and never grow up. With all the choices that are available to you, you can have so many choices. You know what? You could make none. And that's a decision too. So, sitting on the fence, if you want to sit on the fence, follow Jesus, not follow Jesus. Sit on the fence. That's a choice. One foot in, one foot out. Hokey-cokey Christianity, (laughs) that don't work. You end up committing to nothing if you keep all your options open. Come on. Nail your colors to the mast. This is where we're going. Make the call. Burn the bridges. I'm not going to live like that. I'm going to follow Jesus. That's what I'm going to do. Make the call. Take responsibility. Solomon's desperate for wisdom. He's crying out to God. Question, are you? It's a good question, isn't it? Are you? You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul explains, uh, you know, he writes to the church in Ephesus and he says this. I love this little line. He says, I keep asking. That means he keeps asking, (laughs) which means he keeps asking. And he keeps asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation that you might know him better. That's just, that's the way. Wisdom, my friends, is a pathway. It's not a door. Wisdom is daily decisions. You face them every day. Tim Keller writes of an interview of a man who was in jail. And he'd been in jail a long time. And the reason he was in jail was because he was driving his car on a dark street And he ran over this boy, killed him. And he drives home and says nothing, absolutely says nothing. And a little while later, the police find him out. They come knocking on his door. And he ends up with a jail sentence, which is for a long time. And in the interview, the guy who's in jail says, That was not the defining moment of my life. That was not the critical moment of my life. He said it was all the little decisions I made, covering up and lying, which I perpetuated as a little boy. And so on the occasion of the hit and run, he did what he always did. He did a runner, didn't take responsibility, and covered up and lied. How did that come about? Just daily decisions he'd made. 
all the way along his life. It's that. Wisdom. Why is it so important? It'll set the course of your life, my friends. Well, how can I get it? You know, you can memorize this book. You could memorize this book. I tell you, it won't help. I mean, it'd be good. But it, that's, not the, that's, not the, that's not the best route. It isn't the source of wisdom. What God offers is much more than that. Do you know, if you take this book as a self-improvement program, you're gonna, you, this is going to kill you. you. It will absolutely shatter you. It'll crush you. If you perceive wisdom as ascribing to high moral values, you're going to miss the point. Furthermore, not just that, you become deeply discouraged, highly disappointed with yourself because you can't attain it. John 14, Thomas says this. He says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus replied, I am the way. I am the way. You want to know how to get this? I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says, I don't want to give you a manual. I want to walk with you. I don't give you good advice. I want to hold your hand. I want to walk through the decisions you have to make every day. I want to help you. I want to empower you to live this life. Jesus is the root of all wisdom. Jesus said of the Queen of Sheba, he said, she came from the ends of the earth to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. And then he says, and now, one greater than Solomon is here. You cannot do this by yourself. Please, don't embark on a self-improvement program. You can't do this by yourself. You can only do this with him. How do I obtain wisdom? It's following Jesus. Proverbs later on says, Guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. The key to a changed life is not New Year's resolutions, nor is it an act of the will. It's about the loves of the heart. What are the loves of your heart? Very big question. What are the loves of your heart? Whatever is in there, you know, because the heart is a spring, it'll keep coming out. It'll keep coming out. The Bible says uh, he will give us a new heart. We had a Thanksgiving day on Thursday for the life of uh, a friend and spiritual dad from many in this church. His name is Frank Matthews. We wouldn't be where we are. It's just a gift. It's just a gift to this church. And uh, he was right there at the very beginnings. And I was at his funeral, and he had a long-standing friend called Alan there. And Alan said to me, do you, do you know what his last words were to me? I said, no, what, what were his last words? He said, Alan, Jesus loves you. What was in his heart? What was in his heart? My friend, Alan, Jesus, Jesus loves you. Loves you. You know, we see on the cross 
all of our foolishness and folly taken on the cross, all the foolish stuff that we've done and things that we just been dreadful consequences and we don't even want to talk to anybody about it. He took it on the cross. He took it on the cross, my friends, that we might walk in the wisdom of God by holding the hand of Jesus. You have a choice today. Choice is is to accept what he has done for you. It's not all down to you. It's all been done by him. And his promise for you and me is that we'd be a new creation. We'd be a new person. You'd have a new heart. It's just a small step. And I'm taking the moment because I I don't know what your life is in. I don't know what state your life is in. I don't know what's going on. But there may be somebody here who said, that's enough. I'm going to find wisdom. I'm going to find, I'm going to put my hand in Jesus' hand. I'm going to follow him. I'm done with that. I, I, I'm going to receive. I'm going to accept what he has done for me. That he died for all my folly and my foolishness. I'm going to set a new course in my life. That may be you. I'm going to give you just that opportunity to do that.